Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. And hello and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings number 288. And what can I say? What baseball god did the Mets tick off to deserve what's happening to them this year? We'll get back to that in just a minute. But first, uh, some sad news out of the Mets nation. Pete Flynn, who tended all three of the Mets' home fields, head groundskeeper for a number of years, he drove the Beatles from the stage at Shea Stadium, became a cherished part of the franchise that he served for six decades, died Wednesday morning, the team said. He was 79 years old. Flynn began working for the club in 1962, months before the first game at the Polo Grounds, he was the head groundskeeper for many years, including the stretch of 1974-75 when the Mets, Jets, Yankees, and Giants shared Shea Stadium. When he had a chance to retire, he went back to being a part of the crew and stayed on until 2011. He was honored with the Mets Hall of Fame Achievement Award in 2012, and three years later, he was inducted into Major League Baseball's Groundskeeping Hall of Fame. He was there so long that he was the one who drove the Beatles from the stage to an armored car behind a center field fence at their landmark 1965 concert. He also was the one who drove Paul McCartney to the stage for a surprise appearance during a Billy Joel concert at Shea in 2008. He's actually in the movie uh, Last Play at Shea, the movie that Billy Joel made about that concert. And uh, there's there's, uh, a piece of video of him driving uh, Paul McCartney and telling him the story. Mets Chief Operating Officer Jeff Wilpon said in a statement, Pete helped make our fields one of the best in baseball. He took such pride in his work and was a pro's pro. Tom Siva always said Shea Stadium's mound had no equal. That's not a pretty, that's a pretty good endorsement. So Pete Flynn di- di- died Wednesday. Uh, he was 79 years old. So our condolences go out to him and his family. And uh, the Mets dropped three to four to Washington in a brutal weekend last week, then went to L.A., and they dropped the first three there, six out of the last seven. Tonight they go uh, for the final game in L.A. and then move on to San Francisco, and none of these games have been close. They've been blowouts. They, the pitches have been hit all over the place. I don't know what's going on this year. Guys that did the job last year are not doing it this year. It's just a total uh, a total meltdown. The uh, starting pitch is in disarray again, and now we have another name to add to the disabled list as the Mets placed Zach Wheeler on a 10-day disabled list with a biceps bicep tendonitis and optioned infield to Matt Reynolds to AAA Las Vegas and corresponding move. The Mets have called up pitchers Tyler Pill, who pitched last night, and Eric Goodell from Las Vegas. Uh, Sandy Olison told reporters that Wheeler has been dealing with moderate tendonitis over the last few days and is expected to miss only one start. 
But right now he joins Syndergaard and Harvey. And then Lord only knows when those two are going to come back. Syndergaard still can't pick up a ball for another three weeks. Harvey, uh, stressed injury or a break to the scapula bone. So we don't know how long that's going to take to heal and when he'll be coming back. David Wright still on the disabled list, though at this point I think we should uh, write him off. I mean, it's just just incredible the amount of injuries and to the key players this season. It's just incredible. And the bullpen has completely fallen apart with Familia out and... uh, the starters not being able to get to get late into a game and forcing Terry Collins to use more of the bullpen. And to me, Sandy Alderson's not doing his job. He, he's got to get some more players. He's got to get some different players. And I think at this point, the Mets have to be sellers come the trade deadline. But we'll get into that in a minute. First, I want to I want to play an email uh, a voicemail, I should say. First, I want to play a voicemail from a good friend, uh, Trip, in Kentucky, and he about sums it all up for uh, uh, for the season so far. Hey, Gary, it's Trip in Kentucky. Hadn't talked to you in a while, so thought I'd give you give you a call. And it's been a fatal fortnight for our Mets. Um, you know, I remember before the Atlanta series, I kind of given up on the season. It just didn't seem like they had it. And then after Matt and Lugo and Cespedes came back and we started winning some games, I had some hope again. And I thought, uh, you know, maybe we'd really just been unfortunate those first two months and now we'd get to see the real team play. But after being up until 1.30 the last three nights, watching us get swept by the Dodgers and then losing three or four against the Nationals, I'm back to the no hope for the year. Um, so I'm, I'm anticipating that a big chunk of this team is going to get traded in the next month before the deadline. And so my question for you is, do you think management at that point may consider like a – just a change in philosophy, maybe moving away from that pure power approach. Uh, I saw last week where we were ranked like fifth in the majors in home runs, but, you know, we're so far below 500. We're not in contention. And then just like with Syndergaard, I mean, pure power and blows out a shoulder. I don't know. It just seems to me like <clears throat> maybe they could start trying to, Get more for contact average, and I don't know. I just wondered if you thought that would be a possibility. Would they consider changing things? Um, well, even though it's been an awful year, um, I've really enjoyed the podcast. Thank you for doing that. It's nice to know someone else is uh, sharing in your misery, I guess. Well, thanks, Gary. Have a good week. And thank you, Trip, for checking in, and I do share in your misery. Uh, do I think they'll get away from the power approach? No, but I think they should. I agree with you. They need to get more contact hitters. 
I think baseball right now is in a it's in where uh, they all want power hitters and power pitchers. That may change in a few years. What you need is to have a guy come along, uh, a pitcher that you know doesn't throw a hundred miles an hour, but is uh, pitches by guile and uh, throws in the mid to low nineties and can get people out and dominate, and then maybe they'll start looking at those guys again. Um, There's a big emphasis on home runs. We see the home runs flying out of the Dodger Stadium. Never did that before. That used to be a pitcher's ballpark. Now it looks like Cincinnati or Philadelphia there. I think the ball is juiced. I think they want more home runs. You know, sometimes they confuse me, though. They they want to... pick up the pace of the game, but they're willing to have all these home runs go out to get people excited. Well, home runs take time then. So I don't know where, where they, they're coming from with that, but that's that's the deal. And uh, as far as the pitches, I, I believe, I, look, they keep saying about Dominic Smith, Dominic Smith, he hasn't found his power yet. Who cares? The guy's hitting over 300. Keith Hernandez never hit more than 19 home runs or 20 home runs in a season. Yet, he was a pretty decent first baseman, wasn't he? Why why do we got to push this kid to hit home runs? This is how they almost ruined Conforto. This is why Conforto went down last year. Because they got him pull happy. And uh, while I agree with you, they have to look in the other direction... I don't think Alderson's the guy for that. Alderson is a power guy. He likes power hitters. He likes power pitchers. You need a mix of both. And we need better defense. And But, but Alderson doesn't care about defense. Let's be honest about this. He, he doesn't care about it. He's just interested in offense and power hitters. We need a stronger infield defense. Maybe that's why he doesn't want to bring up Rosario because he knows Rosario might tighten the defense up a little bit. I mean, think about it. We got a 35-year-old shortstop that's coming back tomorrow who's been on a disabled list once or twice, and he's being replaced by, what, a 34-year-old shortstop who can't hit his weight anymore and, and doesn't have the range that he used to have. We need to get some youth. We need to get a little bit more speed on this team. And we need to get tighter defense. If you're going to build your team around pitchers, you have to have a defense behind them. So they're confident to make a pitch and not try to hit corners so they miss bats all the time. And this team was supposedly built on pitching. So let's take the next step and get some good defense in there. And if Dominic Smith can play the defensive position and he's only going to hit 12 home runs, so be it. If he hits 280 or 300, who cares? How many runs are you going to drive in? That's what's going to be the important thing. But, you know, we we saw it last year. We got rid of uh, Herrera to get Jay Bruce. Now, Jay Bruce has played a good outfield. Got to give him credit. But he's not a gold glove right fielder by any means, but he's a power hitter. 
You watch Cespedes, you shake your head sometimes. I don't know how he won a gold glove. I don't think he's a very good outfielder, but he won a gold glove. But there you go. Another, you know, another so-so outfielder that's a power hitter. So I think the Mets have to go in a different direction, I think. And it goes throughout the minor leagues. The Brooklyn Cyclones had six errors last night. Yes, they won the game. but And at that level, look, that level, you're going to see a lot of errors because they're just young. They're uh, exuberant. It's their first or second year in pro ball. They want to show off their arms. They want to, you know, they think they can get to everything. So you're going to see errors. But, you know, you got to start somewhere training these kids and start at the lower level. But I think this organization is on the wrong track with that kind of thing. You got to teach them how to bunt. You got to teach them how to steal bases. You got to tell them how to run the bases. And I don't see any of that going on. It's possible that it is, you know, there's a lot of closed practices, who knows. But you, you don't see the results of it. You certainly don't see the results at the major league level. So it's time for change of philosophy. Maybe it's a time for a change, period, in a general manager's job. All right, let's take a break. And I'll be back right after these messages. Looking for great Cardinals talk? Then check out Conversations with C70. My name is Daniel Shoftaw, and I talk with some of the great bloggers on the Internet today about their teams. But it always goes back to the Cardinals. Find the latest episode on my website, www.cardinal70.com or at baseballpodcast.net. Did you know that Baseball PhD can be heard on BaseballTalkRadio.com? Our shows rotate with other top baseball podcasts. Now don't forget, that's BaseballTalkRadio.com. With us, we'll help you get a Ph.D. in life through baseball. With BaseballTalkRadio.com, you'll hear the rest of the excellent universe of baseball podcasts. 516-619-6341. That is the comment voicemail hotline if you'd like to be a part of the show and drop us a line leave us a comment or a voicemail question anything at all call that number 516-619-6341 or go to metsmusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen and that's a speak pipe and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way, send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings. And the Twitter handle is at metsmusings1. With all the Mets news, it is the news from around the world and around the corner. Here's Gary Mack. Okay, and we're back. And so all that being said, I guess the question is, what did the Mets do? Where do they go from here? Well, I wrote a blog post that's going up, uh, I think, Sunday or maybe early at Max Mets. So if you want to check that at maxmets.blogspot.com, you can check that out Sunday or 
check it out every day and read. There's some good stuff on that website, Max Metz. So go check it out, and you'll see my uh, uh, solutions to some of these problems I think may work, and some of them are. They, they have to move the available free agents that they have that are going to contracts running out at the end of the year. They have to try to move Bruce and Duda and uh, perhaps Grandison. And look, if they got an offer for Cespedes, I would take it. And I'll tell you why, because if you can get somebody to take the contract that frees up money, it frees up money. Then if you want to, you could, approach Bruce and try to sign him at a lesser amount than what you paid Cespedes. So you'd still have your power. Um, you just have it from the other side of the plate and you'd have money to go out, either get, uh, some more relief pitchers or get starters. They have to, uh, refill their farm system. They have to get some more talent in there, some prospects because now, after Rosario and Smith, there's going to be a gap for a while. Nobody outstanding. There's some good players at triple at double A, but nobody uh, what you call great prospect right now. And then there's some in St. Lucie and Columbia that could be uh, potentially good players, high draft picks, uh, but. You know, they're, they're just getting started, getting a taste, so we don't know how they're going to react, and, and they're a few years away. So he's got to try to uh, move some of these players, even a Walker. If Walker comes back, has a good month before the deadline, then perhaps, uh, you know, if you can move him, uh, somebody's interested in Cabrera, move him. Nobody should be sacred at this point in time. Nobody. Anybody should be available. Maybe the only ones perhaps would be Syndergaard and DeGrom, of course. Um, the only pitcher that they have right now that's, that's been of any uh, any worth, if you will. So um, that's, that's my solution. I go into a little bit more detail. Maximets.blogspot.com. Check it out. It should be up uh, either Sunday or perhaps earlier. Uh, Eighth-round pick in this year's draft, Trey Cobb. Eighth-round pick, excuse me, of the Mets in this this uh, draft. Uh, through a bullpen session Tuesday morning in Port St. Lucie, then accompanied by six other selections from last week's draft. He flew to New York in the late afternoon was at MCU Park for the end of the Brooklyn Cyclones homeowner. Opener. They have not been put on the roster yet, whoever the unknown six were. Uh, and Trey Cobb, not on the uh, Cyclones roster quite yet, but uh, probably going to be added quite soon. And we'll see guys being sent down to uh, Kingsport. And maybe uh, there's a couple of guys that are on a rehab assignment at Brooklyn that will be going back to Columbia or Port St. Lucie. So uh, watch for that. Mets general manager announced that uh, Sandy, um, that pitching coach Dan Worthen is not in danger of losing his job. The Mets enter play Thursday with the second worst ERA in the National League. 
He's part of the solution, Aldis and Toll reporters at Dodger Stadium. He's part of the group of people, including the pitchers as well as the coaching staff, who are trying to figure out how to get this staff back to where we expected it to be. Well, maybe we need some fresh eyes on the situation. Maybe he's not part of the solution. Maybe we need somebody that had these guys in the minor leagues that might be able to see something that nobody's noticing here. Maybe it's time for Frank Viola to be named pitching coach of the Mets. He knows the pitchers. He's had them before, so it's nothing out of the new for him. He's been a pitching coach, what, for three, four years now in Las Vegas, so he knows what he's doing. Maybe it's his time. Maybe next year will be, uh, we'll see a change over the winter. But uh, I, I would make the soon make the change sooner rather than later, so you don't completely lose the fan base. And let's take a look at the organizational leaders uh, in uh, the Mets. Uh, Ian Strom of Brooklyn, he's hitting five hundred. Carlos Sanchez in Brooklyn, 333. Now, keep in mind, it's only based on two games. Ahmed Rosario in Vegas is hitting 325. Dominic Smith in Vegas hitting 323. Johan Uran in St. Lucie having a good year, hitting 308. Patrick Masika in St. Lucie hitting 303. Kevin Kazmarski in Binghamton, 294. Michael Paez, Columbia is hitting 290, and he just got promoted to uh, uh, Port St. Lucie. So congratulations to Michael Paez. In home runs, Dash Winningham, Columbia has 11. Travis Tehran of Vegas has 11. Josh Rodriguez in Vegas has 9. Michael Paez in Columbia has 8. RBIs, Armand Rosario, Vegas has 48. He leads the organization. Dash Winningham in Columbia, 46. Dominic Smith, Vegas, 44. So he's not hitting home runs, but he's got 44 RBIs. Okay. But we have to work with him because he's not hitting for enough power. Let the guy hit. Just just let him be. Home runs will come. They're going to ruin Dominic Smith because they're going to try to get him the pull and become a power hitter, and it's going to be another Ike Davis. They ruined Ike Davis, and uh, watch him ruin uh, Dominic Smith. All right, let's take a look at the steals. Champ Stewart and Binghamton, 20. Patrick Biondi, a former Cyclone. He's at Binghamton. He's got 14. Ahmad Rosario at Vegas has 12. Another former um, Cyclone. John Mora, another former Cyclone. At St. Lucie, he has 10. In the pitching department. Jordan Humphreys, who just got promoted, he's got the uh, low ERA at 1.42. But Randy Gonzalez, Columbia is 1.55. Tyler Pill was Vegas at 1.171. Corey Oswald at Binghamton with a 2.45 ERA. Wins Jordan Humphreys again. Uh, He's going to Port St. Lucie. He's had 10 wins at Columbia. And Randy Gonzalez at Columbia had eight saves. Uh, Jason Bradford. With Vegas has nine. Taylor Basher at St. Lucie has seven. Alberto Baldonado at Vegas at six. Johnny Magliosi at St. Lucie at six. And Adonis Usita 
with Columbia, he also had six. And in strikeouts, Jordan Humphreys with Columbia had 80. Nabil Chrismat at St. Lucie at 77. Mirandy Gonzalez, he's a guy that you're going to have to watch. Columbia at 65. P.J. Conlon, Binghamton, 62. And Blake Taylor with Columbia, 52. Mirandy Gonzalez is the guy you're going to have to watch. He'll be a man on the move. They're probably going to fast track him along with Marcus Molina, another pitcher that they're going to fast track uh jordan humphreys as i said going to st lucy keep an eye on him uh nabel nabel chrismat could be another guy to keep an eye on because i think you'll be hearing that name uh over and over again so where do we go from here well not too many places i mean we watch we listen we hope that there are changes coming that Sandy Alderson will make some move and not ponder everything until it's too late and can't make a trade like Jonathan LaCroix. But we sit and wait for that and hope that he can do something. All right, the Mets uh, remain out in the West Coast. They uh, play the Dodgers tonight in the last game of the series, then play uh, three in San Francisco. They're off Monday, and then they go to Miami for three before coming home on uh, June 30th, I believe, um, to play the Philadelphia Phillies. So we'll be back uh, next week to tell you more, and hopefully it'll be a better week, and we won't be so uh, depressed as Mets fans. (laughs) Well, that does it for this edition of the podcast. This edition is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. If you would like to help in keeping this podcast going, I urge you to check out our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash Mets Musings. So thanks for listening to this episode. And until next time, keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. Mets.